Get ready for brilliant people, brilliant ideas, and a regular good time. This is Brilliant Thoughts with Success People editor Tristan Almada, the show that thinks about how personalities, relationships, and communication shape business success. And now here he is, Tristan Almada. This next guest is a best-selling author, international speaker, coach, community builder, and a great friend of mine. His name is Michael Mayer. The book 7L has over 1,700 reviews on Amazon. And you've got to get it if you haven't read it. It's all about growing your business through referrals. We're going to talk a little bit personal here. We're going to have some fun. We're going to get to know Michael Mayer, and he's going to give some great tips on how to grow your business that's all referral-based. Welcome back to another episode of Brilliant Thoughts. This time I've got my friend Michael Mayer, and there's no way you don't know this guy. I mean, just Google it. You'll find his best-selling book with over 1,700 five-star reviews, 7L, the seven levels of communication. Dude, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be on. I appreciate it. Always it's about good to talk time. to my man, it's Tristan. I, I agree. Like, let's let's make this happen, right? So, <laughs> I, you know what? A couple busy guys, busy schedules. It's uh, it's always worth the wait to talk to you. That's right, dude. It's uh, I'm just excited to talk to you because the book that that you wrote a while back ago has influenced so many people and just helped them focus on what matters in all businesses, and that's the relationships. Right, you and I have spoken outside of this a few times, and I always, I always think how cool it is that that you focus so much on on your family. And I want to start there because I think, I think the importance of family when it comes to success in that big picture is sometimes overlooked. And and I think you spend a lot of time there. And I want to just ask, like, how do you have that harmony between work and family. How do you do that so that it's effective? Yeah. So this is probably not the best time to announce the divorce that I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Just best. kidding. Just kidding. So, I mean, isn't it, it it's, it's so funny. I've seen it on Facebook so often where like they love each other. They're all like you, one's talking about the other, the one's talking about the other and how happy they are, how great it is. And then like mm-hmm. three months later, it's like, Hey, uh, I'm separated. And so it's like, you know, it's one of those where I will tell you that having so that within the 7L system that you mentioned earlier, there's three, you know, kind of pegs or legs on the stool, if you will, three pillars. And it's one is the one to none concept, which is self mastery. And then there's one to one, which is relationships mastery, which was heavy in 7L, the seven levels of communication. And then there's the one-to-many strategy, which is event mastery. So, so underneath those three arms, there's there's strategies and and growth. You know, the growth plan under one-to-none or self mastery, and then you've got under relationships mastery or the one-to-one strategy. You've got the communication plan, and then under event mastery, you've mm-hmm. got the YAPS, which is our yearly appreciation plan and yearly ambassador plan. But the thing to know is that, like, how did family family stays number one is because yeah. of the self mastery aspect of you know our Sunday night ritual, and you know it wasn't always that way. It used to be business was number one, or softball was number one, or coaching was number one, or teaching was number one, 
And, you know, then I discovered and, and worked on this process called the Sunday Night Ritual, and mm-hmm. it it totally changed how I did everything. I, Sundays became Sundays, S-O-N day, when my son was born. And at that time, you know, I had a Porsche Boxster. I was playing softball. I was playing golf. I did fantasy football heavily. Um and whatever I do, I do 110%. So, you know, I was watching seven or eight NFL games every Sunday and really. What? Yeah. And and I would have multiple TVs going on at the same time. I had a stat chart that was rolling all the time. I had like, and I did really, really well in fantasy football. I did enough to where I paid off a car because of what I won in fantasy football. No so, way. Yeah. And, and so I had all these things that I was doing, you know, and took a lot of Sundays and then a a friend of mine and client who had moved to Mazatlan, Mexico, he was a country club general manager. He he just really hit me over the head one day with, you know, what would world look like without NFL on Sundays, you know? And I just from that day on, I just made Sundays Sundays. Well, when SUN day became SON day, I got rid of the Porsche I quit playing golf, I quit playing softball, I quit fantasy football, and I, I really don't watch more than just the Kansas City Chiefs on Sundays. I record a lot of the games and still like to watch them at my leisure, but Sundays truly became that Sunday. Well, with that came Mama's love because she was getting a little bit of the day off from spending you know all the time with Max. And it developed into this Sunday night ritual that uh, it forced us as a family to look at the week ahead and look at the schedule for all three of us, look at the weather for all three of us, you know, wherever I was going to be in the country, and then them at home, typically. And then we would look at the eating plan, and then we would look at the exercise plan, and then we would tie it all together, which is sweet, right? S-W-E-E-T. That's our Sunday night ritual. And so look at the schedule, look at the weather, you know, compose your eating plan, compose your exercise plan, and then tie it all together. And that would include putting outfits together, you know, making arrangements for weather-related things, um, packing my bags. Like, we, we, I go out of town this week, my bags are already packed. And I don't even leave until uh, Wednesday. Right. So it's one of those. Yeah. So it's, 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 uh, it's this ultra proactive plan. It's really just developed over time and we just improve it over time, you know, as a family. Well, when you're spending Sunday night or Sunday evening, figuring these things out with a family, it's easy to make family first because family is first. It's the first thing that we talk about, you know, during the week. So, you know, and from that has developed a, Nightly ritual, which of course has to be the acronym DREAMS, right? <laughs> to make sweet <laughs> dreams, which would make yeah. sense for two nightly rituals. So, you know, that and then that kind of developed from there. But the nightly ritual is is much more personal. It's much more my own. Max has his own nightly ritual. And my wife has her own nightly ritual. The only thing that we agree on is the dim time, which is the D in dreams. And dim time is when are we going to dim the lights? When are we going to get rid of the, the screens, turn the screens off, put the phones away, and get ready for bed? 
And for us, it's 9.30, and it was easy to do that. It was just, you know, Sherry wanted it to be 9. Max is in that age where he wants to stay up later, so he said 10. And I go, I didn't care. I could go to bed. At, I could start dim time at 9 or 10. So I said, why don't we just do 9.30? And 9.30 became our dim time to put the phones away and turn the TVs off and just kind of dim the lights. We have candles on throughout the house, and, and then we go. So... I know there's a really long answer to how do you keep family first, but dude, it's, it's, I like it. I don't know if I'm asking you any more questions. <laughs> there you go. I'm just, I'm and that just was, this is such a great interview, Tristan. I, I spoke 99% of the time and you asked one question. So you're, you're such a good interviewer. You're I'm such good, a great man. conversationalist, right? You're, you're, that, that's it's so, so funny. funny. Dude, where, where are you going that your stuff's already packed? So Wednesday. Yeah. So I'm going to an island off of the coast of South Carolina to speak for a large real estate company. So they're doing a big awards trip uh, with their top producers and flying them all in from around. And um, I get the opportunity to be a keynote. So I'm excited. I love I love to speak. I love to be back in speaking. You know, we didn't have that for a couple of years. So well, talking about speaking, who you've had the pleasure of, of speaking with. Lots of different people on stage and sharing the stage with amazing people. But which one comes to mind if I say, who is your favorite? Oh, my goodness. You mean other than Tristan? Other other than, dude, of course, other than me. Yeah. So (laughs) that is such a great question. I'm not sure if I've ever been asked that. And you're putting me on the spot. All of them them are going to be listening to this. So, yeah. so I will tell you that I, I spoke one time in uh, Atlantic City with uh, Damon John, Barbara Corcoran, and Tony Robbins. So, you know, and then, and then how the heck I got on the stage, who knows, right? So we're talking a pretty powerhouse. But, but I will tell you the combination of Damon John's presentation that he did heavily on video, it mixes music with graphics and and very cool and then barbara corcoran just being barbara corcoran and you know she kind of you know she she cussed a little bit right and Mm -hmm. and kind of woke the audience up and then Mm. and then tony came in and did his four-hour presentation and i was mixed in there as well that i think that was the most i've ever seen an audience transform at one time, and and really, that's kind of how I judge the the results of this is 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 how the audience is transformed from the moment it starts to the moment it ends, and and in that, I just saw people awakened to what was really possible, and to it was just such a great combination because if Tony comes on and he comes rolling out. And you've had some, maybe some monotone speakers beforehand. It's mm-hmm. too much. It's like getting, you know, it's like having a candy bar oh. after cutting sugar for 30 days, right? Yeah. And <laughs> if you haven't had anybody cuss before Tony comes on, yeah. then it's almost too much. It's almost offending, right? It's almost like, oh, he didn't have to do that. But because yeah. Barbara was a part of the preceding, Part of it, you know, she 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 hits she hits you right with some of the mm-hmm. taboo words, but she doesn't she doesn't uh, she doesn't maybe go as far as like Tony does, right, or Gary Vaynerchuk does, which is so, a surprise with Tony because people don't really realize he curses so much in person. 
That's right. That's right. Yeah. Interesting. So, but but it, it it was just and and the other thing too is if if like I said, if you're at this conference and it's like kind of blah 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 blah, and then you have Tony, it's 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 almost just a a too big of a punch, right? But because the energy had subtly been rising all day in Atlantic City, mm-hmm. it just it just it just hit perfectly, and I saw tears. I saw people break down in the audience. I saw, I mean, the response afterwards. The line to ha- to talk to me were was over two hundred people deep. Oh, with damn. with with people who kept co- just like this was the best conference. You get that a lot anyway, right? But but it was just. They were, and I, I always add, when somebody comes up, they're like, oh, that was great. And I was like, oh, what was great about it, right? I always want to, like, instead of just, oh, thank you, right? And we move on, I sign the book. I always want to, like, what was great about it? I want them to at least think and, like, pinpoint what was, well, they all had these really great answers to that. Sometimes mm-hmm. when I have that in line, they, they you know, I go, what was great about it? And they go, oh, that's a good question. Let me think about it, right? <laughs> You know, terrible. Like, you know, well, if you're going to if you're going to say it's great, you better be ready to defend that. Right. That's you know, right. And, and like I'm not big into rhetoric at all. You know, that's so funny. So anyway, but it, it was just that was the most transformative uh, equation or experience that I've really seen for an audience that uh, had a mixture of speakers. So I think it did was a you, mix. Did you or did that change the way that you presented from that point on or what did it do to you so truthfully speak i've spoken with tony five times now and he has probably changed more about my recovery from speaking than anybody else i was in the green room with him in las vegas and um, we were we were talking about I, I had just spoken for two straight days as the MC and then it was time for my keynote and I was like man you know I'm I'm kind of like dragging here I need it and you know so we stood up we did some stuff right and I changed my state and and it was good stuff and um, he goes you've got to discover cryo and and I'm like at the time this you know this is ten years ago probably it's like I'm like what's what's cryo you know it's like i was thinking like <laughs> uh, like i always cry you know between <laughs> sessions and after i speak you know it's just it's a it's an emotional thing but it's like cryo and he goes cryo no it's it's freezing right it's essentially ultra cold temperatures and he's like i'm having a cryo machine installed in my house i'm like holy cow this is Dang. awesome so here funny enough i was doing referral mastery summit our annual conference and i speak for three days in a row essentially and the night two, I located a cryo place in Atlanta, Georgia, drove to it, 25 minutes, drove to it, did cryo for three mm-hmm. minutes, Tristan, three minutes. I then drove back to the hotel, went to bed that night, and the next day, I was physically on fire. I felt Whoa. so good. I had my voice. I was fully recovered. And so he, so now when I speak, I typically follow it with cryo. And, and this is even to my workouts. I, I bent a lot of weight. I do a lot of weight in squats and I, you know, power lift plus body build as much as I can. And, and then I eat what I want, which is the problem. But it's one of those <laughs> where, uh, you know, 
but my you know my recovery now includes cryo once a week as part of you know my recovery plan for for my workouts and right. Tony, Tony did all that I mean he, he's the one that started all that and I wouldn't even have heard uh -huh. of it probably till 10 years later but the other thing that changed me with with speaking uh, is I used to just kind of be a hit and run speaker I used mm -hmm. to go in and I'd show up five minutes before my set like you know, if I was speaking 10 to 11.30, I would show up at 9.55, mic up, speak, and then at 11.30 or after signing books, I'd leave. Something that I've uh, started doing is uh, attending the sessions before my presentation oh. and getting a feel for the crowd and, and getting um, – maybe doing a little bit even more research on, on the audience on the day of the event. I'm big on research on the audience. I want to know who's coming in because I believe in the, you know, the transformative, I believe in the black box theory, right? The black box theory is who's coming in and how do you want them to be transformed when they come out of the black box, right? And then the black box is your presentation, and then within the black box, or what are the three steps they need to take to make that transformation? So I, you know, so it really has given me a better feel of how to start energy-wise because I'm a high-energy guy, but if you start at too much high energy, then you can lose them right from the beginning. They can't match it. But the thing that I love to do in my presentations now, and it was a part of that, was I love to bring the odd audience from the energy they're at mm -hmm. to a higher energy point throughout my presentation. Ooh. So I meet them where they are. Instead of just coming out and being fired up mayor, I come in and I just meet them where they are. And then I gradually take them to where love, generosity, and appreciation can take them. And, and that's, that's something I learned um, in Atlantic City, but also just over time uh, and developing that since that time. You meet them where they are. I like that. And then you bring them where you want to take them. I think we can all apply that in all businesses, whether we're doing a presentation or we have a product that we're offering. Where Where is it that we start with that? Because sometimes we we want to put ourselves first, Michael, and be like, oh, I, I'm just, I know where everybody needs to be. Mm -hmm. How do we pay attention to where people are so that we can do that? Well, I think you got to shut up and listen, right? I think I think it's observing um, and listening and being just being there in the beginning. Don't don't try to to come in and um, go straight to a high energy pitch from the beginning. Just kind of figure it. But I've been in audiences where the energy is already high. So guess what? You can amp it up and go right from there. And I've been in places where you know. There's there's been low energy. You know, COVID has definitely brought people audiences together in a more hesitant and cautious manner. So getting them through that, over that, and letting them know they're in a safe haven first, right? And mm. it goes right back to you know Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and you know the yeah. fact that they need to feel safe first, and then you can move them up. But I've also been to conferences where COVID mm. obviously didn't exist in their state. So, you know, even though it did, but they, you know, they were in <laughs> denial or they just, I mean, you know, there are states that have run it differently than other states. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, they're hugging and, you know, loving on each other and here we go. Right. 
So yeah, I think that's, that's a good. I think that's a big part of it. Just and and I that is you know walking walking through the hallways and really getting a feel for you know where they're at and just kind of you know observing and asking questions is always good. You know, um, I think that's the best thing. I'm also pretty intuitive to energy, so I think just getting a feel for that. You know, I like that man. How do you maintain your level of energy at a place that that makes other people feel comfortable with you wow well the first thing is i've got to take care of the energy inside of me and take care of me right and and that's 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 a big part of like people are always like well michael you just always seem so comfortable <laughs> you know and it's like yeah. i really am like i'm i, I cuz i have no hidden agenda you know, it, what are, I'm, I'm not tied to any outcome except for the best possible outcome. It's it, just like I asked you before the interview a while back, what, you know, how do I make this interview the biggest win for you? Yeah, right. True. Because it's already a win for me. I'm, I'm being interviewed and in a place where there's a lot of people who have never even heard of Michael Mayer. So, you know, they're getting the opportunity to get introduced to me and I'm getting the opportunity to be introduced to them. So that's exciting in a nutshell, but how can I make this a big win for you? And and you just said be you, which, you know, obviously I'll struggle with that, but it, it, <laughs> I'll do the best I can. Um, but I think that's the big thing. And and I, I really am to a, a big studier of energy. And I, I believe, like, I had to get my workplace energy in the right place. Like at work, what are the things that, you know, uh, gave me energy and what were the things that took energy away. And then home, what are the things that, like, I cannot stand messiness. I can't. I I need an orderly studio, which I'm in now. I need an orderly, you know, office, which it's very orderly. It's not perfect. It has stacks on the desk. It's not cleared, you know, but it's orderly. And, you know, and then, like, what ideas give me energy and what ideas take energy away? And then, you know, it was like schedule. What are the things in my schedule that give me energy? And then what are the things that take away energy? I need to get rid of those. And so through, you know, 50 years now plus of living, uh, you know, I've got a good feel for what gives me energy and what takes energy away. And then and then it's like what people, you know, give me energy and and what those look like and, and that kind of thing. And, and then what environments give me energy and what things give me energy and take it away. And um, I think just getting a feel for that and moving towards those things that give me energy, and that includes people, and moving away the, from those things that, that are toxic to me, right? That's true, man. And we, we, don't, we don't do that enough for ourselves. It's a really yeah. good point. That's yeah. why I, I love, I always love talking to you, by the way. And I, I love it because one of the very first times we talked way back, you you asked, right? And I've, I've always looked up to you, Michael. So you asked me. You said, "How can I, how can I make this more amazing?" And what do you need me to do to help you? And I was like, "Dude, nobody's ever asked me that question." That's mm. and I, and I, it it changed instantly the way I looked at you. And the way I perceived you, and and from there on, I was like, dude, I love this guy. And I'd be like to my wife, this guy's awesome. <laughs> and dude, that's such an amazing phrase that I've learned from you. And I think we can all, everyone listening in, 
Like, think of just the approach to any conversation that you have. All of a sudden, instead of looking at it, well, I wonder what I can get from this. Mm. It's it's just like Michael said. It's like, well, what can I do to make this more amazing? And and dude, ever since then, I think it was like, I don't know, seven, eight years ago when we first met and talked, and it was that. And I always remember that. So thank you, bro. That was yeah, that's my a beautiful pleasure. thing. I, I think that I think you bring up a great point though, is is too too often people come into opportunities thinking about what is the opportunity that I'm going to receive from this, right? And and I think the big thing is what are are the opportunities you're going to give during this, you know? And and it is, it is like, you know, going to a, a, let's say somebody here goes to a networking event. Instead of going to the person and and looking to get, you know, it's more of, you know, going to the organizer and saying, hey, what can I do to help? around your event? Can I go set up banners or, you know, move chairs or, or whatever it may be? And just by that one little act of being of service versus, you know, being there to get serviced has made all the difference in the world for my relationships. You know, I've built great relationships. Just, I, I will tell you a great example. The reason I got to speak with Tony Robbins in the very first place came about because of that philosophy. I was uh, already in Las Vegas, and I uh, happened, actually on purpose, I went to this other location where I knew Tony was speaking, and I knew that they were having an event that I probably should have been speaking at, but was was not invited, right? Was not a part of the... But I went over there, and I recognized the gentleman who was putting on the event. And essentially, I kind of subtly found him, but he also was walking by at the same time. So, But I would have made sure there was some interaction with me and him. And I went up to him and I just go, listen, Stephen, I I love your event. It sounds like something that I should be speaking at. Um, But here's the thing is, is, listen, I'm here to help. Anything that I can do to help, I will literally get water for the speakers. I will literally do whatever it takes, whatever you need me to do, and I'm here to help. And he was, he just, he just goes, oh man, that's also nice. You know, we're good, but thank you. And he kept walking. Well, what did he not get out of that interaction? Who the heck I was? He didn't know who, I mean, I didn't even give him my name and he didn't ask for it. Right. So, and so he kept on walking and I was like, okay with that. So I went down to Panda Express because that's where we go to get fortune cookies. Right. So <laughs> I went down there and ate at, at Panda Express. And uh, for those keeping score at home, I ate the uh, orange chicken with very, very good. And Which is good. with a little kick. Right. So ate that. And then I happened to be walking back down in front of the main theater where they were doing the event. And this guy comes walking up to me and he goes, Hey, did you talk to Steven earlier? And I was like, yeah, for like five seconds. He was, he was, he goes, he goes, come with me. He wants to speak with you. And I'm like, okay. So I thought, Hey, this is my chance to like hand out water and stuff. Well, so, you know, so I was like, okay, I mean, just so, so we went back to the green room and, and there he was. And so we, we sat down and, and it ended up, we were talking, he goes, why didn't you tell me you were Michael Mayer in the beginning? I'm like, I didn't know it mattered. Like, you know, 
you know, so how does that matter to you, essentially? And he goes, well, you wrote 7L. That, I mean, you've got a mortgage professional as one of the lead characters in the book and a leader in the process, which is so different than other books. I've loved it. I was a mortgage professional, am a mortgage professional, and oh. um, really enjoyed it. Well, from that conversation, the next year I'm emceeing and speaking, and then, you know, all – you know, everything that transpired in that one avenue from Whoa. that opportunity, uh, one of the best pictures I've ever taken, I, I, Anastasia Para is a photographer in the Las Vegas area. She took a picture of me from the back in front of 4,500 people and, you know, with the lights and you can't even really yeah, yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that one. One of, one of my favorite pictures I've ever taken was taken because of that opportunity. And no it all started with a how can I help? I am here to serve uh, gesture and mindset. Dude, I love it. I was going to say you should write a book called The Art of Gently Stalking, but I like your version better. <laughs> <laughs> Gently Stalking. Yeah. Maybe. Well, look, you created the opportunity too. You just yep. approached it in such a humble way. That's right. That's right. Be in the right place at the right time, right? And 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 have the right thing to say and go in with the right mindset. So... Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, and and that's that's I like I said, if 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 he shot me down and said no, I was okay with the outcome. I'm only, you know, interested in the best possible outcome, and um, so you know, the rest is history there for sure. Dude, all right. So, what's one question you don't get asked enough or at all that you wish you were asked when it comes to the book Seven L? Is there something that you're like, damn, nobody's ever asked me that? Or I keep on coming across this. It's I wish people would ask me this more. I think one of the questions is how does 7L, the book, fit into the 7L system? Everybody thinks that 7L, the book, is the system, but it's really 80 to 90% the relationship mastery. The subtitle is go from relationships to referrals, right? And I really felt what was missing big time in the marketplace was a book on going from relationships to referrals. A lot of everybody has relationships. They just mm -hmm. didn't know how to get referrals from it. And we were generating over 600 referrals a year. And, wow. in a, you know, as you know, in an industry where three or four a year is, is really good. So we, I really felt like the one-to-one -one really had to be analyzed and discussed. And, and I also had the communication pyramid, which shows the seven levels of communication. And the top of it is, you know, the top of it is one-on-one -on -one meetings, right? So you have phone mm -hmm. calls, events, and seminars, and then one-on-one -on -one meetings at the top, which make up the influential zone. And I spent all my time in the influential zone instead of just the informational zone. And the informational zone is just informing and updating, confirming. And those are that's what advertising does. That's what a lot of electronic communication does. That's what direct mail does, is they're just informing, really. And and then the handwritten notes and the phone calls and the events and seminars and and one-on-one and -on -one meetings at the top were the influential zone. And that's where I was spending all my time. And that's why I was getting so many referrals and, you know, at the top is one-on-one -on -one meeting. So that's what I dove into in 7L. But I only touched on the, the one-to-none self-mastery with the four enriching rituals and, and, you know, a growth plan. I, I, 
I only covered it like that much. And then mm. event mastery, I talked about housewarming parties. I showed a couple of generosity generation events, but mm-hmm. I didn't dive in deep into the strategies and plan, the yearly appreciation plan and the yearly yeah. ambassador program that mm-hmm. fit under event mastery and the one-to-many strategy. Mm-hmm. So so a lot of people kind of think it's the end-all be-all, but it's really just a, a piece of a, a three-legged stool. It's kind of one of those uh, of those legs. Got so that, that right. honestly, that's that's the big thing. And then when they do, when they go from thinking it's the the stool to realizing it's just a leg, their mind is opened up to you know I believe a business that's built on love, generosity, and appreciation, and a world where they say I can do this. You know that's what I want people thinking and knowing after I speak is. Oh my gosh, a business built on love, generosity, and appreciation sure sounds nice. You know, it sounds mm-hmm. like fluff and BS, which is bad stuff, right? Fluff and bad stuff. <laughs> and, and you know, by the time I'm done, they're like, no, it's strategic. It's tactical. It's practical. It's me. It's what I can do. And, you know, at the end, they think, oh, I can do this. And so that's that's probably the biggest thing from 7L that I, I, I would hope that people would, would maybe – research and dive deeper into. I like that, man, because now you have the generosity generation, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Which I, I think has even been more important through what we just kind of went through and kind of still pushing out of, right? I, I think you, you and I were like going back and forth through COVID on on social. You, you blew up even more. Yeah. And I, I was just witnessing it. It's like, what a beautiful thing to to showcase through such a difficult time right how yeah. did how did the generosity generation grow through covid yeah that's that's a great question because uh formally it was more events and live events before covid like we had gen gen everything we had gen gen des moines gen gen birmingham gen gen atlanta gen gen san diego gen gen dallas and we had had at least 80 events maybe 100 events you know after a while you just Whoa. lose count yeah i mean that were gen gen events and and so we were a live event thing but we had a lot of bonfires you know that we we would create a fire and then we'd leave you know so what happened during covid was first and foremost uh, I really felt a huge need in the marketplace for me, for leadership, and for me to stand up, you know. And so I we went from a weekly podcast, the referrals podcast, to a daily podcast, literally daily, Monday through Friday. And it was called The Daily Dose, The Daily Dose of Positivity and Productivity, because people needed to stay productive and they needed to stay positive. And early on, I mean, right now, I think people maybe discount how awful it was then. You know, it was just doom and gloom was everywhere, right? And we, we with The Daily Dose, and you were one of our awesome guests on The Daily Dose, we, we had leaders who started stepped up and shared positive thoughts, mindset, what to do, and and productive hints and tips about, listen, we know you can't do a live event, but you can do something. You know, you mm-hmm. can make a call. And guess what? Everybody's home, so they're going to answer the phone. 
And there's the positive thought, you know. And I w- um, Josh Frazee is a, is a great byproduct. He's struggling in his business, doer in the business, and then COVID hit. And he listened to the Daily Dose, and he's in Michigan, which was, listen, you're not going outside your house. I'm telling you, for three months, he made 1,000 calls. Not every month, but over three months, he made 1,000 calls. He would just call and check on people. How are you doing? Do you want me to run to the store and get toilet paper or bottled water or anything like that for you? And he would just offer to help. And that was his script, was call and just check on people and see if he, if they wanted him to run to the store for anything. And you know what? Out of a 1,000 calls, nobody took him up on the offer. But guess what? His business absolutely exploded. He had his best year ever. He, I, he At one point, it was like 84 transactions came out of those 1,000 calls. 84 transactions, buyer and seller combined. Wow. And so what, what was, I mean, it was just like, it was just, the, you know, the catastrophe call is what we call it. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like when catastrophe hits, we call and check on people. It, it, it doesn't, it shouldn't need a name, but it's something that a lot of times we don't think of doing, but, you know, it, it's. It's powerful. You know, who checks on people? People who care, you know? So that's just a, a great example. I mean, that was the beauty of it is I, I stood up and we delivered when it was maybe the toughest, you know, toughest environment around. And that that led to the generosity generation growing because the number of people who needed positivity and productivity grew, you know? So that was it. I think that was a big part of, of us growing and myself growing and, and notoriety, if you will. How do you see how do you see yourself now looking back at how you've changed through just the last few years? So you're able to look at things that, that are typically looked and categorized as, oh, this is bad. But you taking a step back and saying, Well, what how can I help? Because I've always, I think you've always looked at it that way since I've met you. How, but how have you gravitated upwards towards a different plane of doing that better? Um, it's interesting is, is so a couple answers to that question. One is I, I, I literally almost started crying during, um, I did a, a crisis response 101 uh, literally like March 20th. March 13th of 2020 was the stay-at-home orders. March 20th, I did a, 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 a Zoom, essentially. And towards the end of it, I was just like almost in tears because it's like I was born for this. Like I was born for the epidemic for people. I, I This is what I was... All the stuff I've been doing all my life was so that people would have somebody to to follow, look up to, and act as a guide during this time. Like this is everything I've been working for, mm-hmm. and I, you know, like it was an emotional moment because it was so true, or I felt it was so true. You know, everybody's truth is different, but but it, it just like so that was one big thing. What was interesting about it is I poured so much into my community and I felt the weight of the generosity generation on my shoulders. I felt like I needed all of them to be successful. And a lot of them weren't. A lot of them were struggling. Well, 
you know, I gained 19 pounds. You know, I thought the COVID-19 thing was a, a challenge, right? Like, <laughs> like, how do you gain 19 pounds during COVID, right? I, I nailed that, baby, and I passed yeah. up. So I wasn't taking care of myself. And, and what's interesting is you said, how have you learned and gone to the next plane with that is I've really learned that I've got to take care of myself, right? I've got to... I've got to uh, stay healthy and get healthy, and you know I'm I'm down more than 19 pounds now, and my strength is is way way up uh, because I've I've really got the rhythm going with my workouts, and you know Monday Wednesday Friday is is the heavy weights for a couple hours and cardio three of the other days, and it's just a, the rhythm is working and good. Well, when I take care of myself, and I hope that's what people get out of this interview more than everything is is we have this acronym within the one to none pillar of 7L which is self mastery is first love yourself fly right first love yourself because it's really hard to love on others and love what you do if you don't first love yourself and first love yourself first take care of yourself i know the there's a you know the the metaphor has been going on forever that you know like on the plane they tell you to first put the mask on your first on yourself first and then put it on your dependent or your son or in some cases they'll say husband and everybody will laugh but right so you know first put the if there's a, if there's problems first put yeah. it on yourself and then put it on your dependents i didn't do that to start out in COVID, I definitely was putting it on everybody else and wasn't putting it on myself. And and so since November, I've really made a focused um, effort to, to put it on myself first, take care of myself first. And and it's been fantastic. It's been it's been um, I have more energy for everyone else because I have more energy myself. And Michael, you know, yeah. why? Why do you think we typically don't take care of ourselves first? There's a lot of psychology behind that question. I, I think I think when a lot of people grew up, they were told they were insignificant in many ways. You know, they were told to, I, you know, I think average is also championed a lot in schools. And I mean, everybody shut up, right? Everybody be quiet. Everybody listen. Everybody, you know, do the same thing. You know, everything's alphabetical. Um, mm. And I think it's one of those where, uh, you know, I think a lot of people just weren't encouraged as much when they were growing up. And um, I think that's a big part of it. And then I think it's um, some people get really wrapped up in others. You know, they're so wrapped up in their caregivers and they're, they're, they're so wrapped in caring for others that they don't take care of themselves because they don't have the time. They don't think there's the time. They just don't take the time to take care of themselves. And, uh, and then they're the ones that get ill or sick or die. And that's really sad. And then there's people who are just, um, they, they're like, no, I got to work more. I got to work more because I got to make more money. And, you know, there's, there's a whole kind of funny adage of, you know, we, we work, we give away our health for our wealth. And then later on in life, we give away our wealth to try to secure our health. And, mm. you know, it's, it's uh, don't be that 
right? Don't be that. It's it's health, mm-hmm. wealth, and happiness at all times. Health, wealth, and happiness. When I, I do coaching calls, I've done coaching calls all day today, and my last three things are health, wealth, and happiness. What are you doing for health this week? What are you mm-hmm. doing for wealth this week? And what are you doing for happiness this week? And it's mm-hmm. every week. And that's what I hold them accountable to on a weekly basis is health, wealth, and happiness and, and getting that one thing done. And most of them get it done the very same day we talk about it. And mm-hmm. there's others who who don't. So, Dude, um, I think with one thing that we can easily forget is if we die, the people that we think we're taking care of because we're not taking care of ourselves are going to figure it out anyway. Maybe, right? I mean, maybe. I mean, some of them have been so dependent that they don't think. I mean, I, I've had, I've seen this with elderly couples. You know, one of them who took care of the paperwork and everything passes away, and the other one is simply lost, you know, until mm. a son or daughter steps in or a trusted friend steps in, you know. Did we create that environment through what yeah. we were doing? Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Both of them. Here, it's it's really easy to fall into a cared for um, mindset. It really is. You know, if every, I mean, look at what happens when you go to an all-inclusive resort, right? You raise your finger, they bring you a drink. Well, what do you do? You drink more, right? So it's, it's, it's one of those where we all want to be pampered. Um, but I think, I think a big key to life too is, is just really figuring out this balance of being cared for and caring for others. And, um, you know, that's, that's what relationships are all about, right? What is, what is a relationship? In my opinion, it's not a Google definition by, but what is a relationship? It's simply a value exchange, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're in relationship, then you're exchanging value, you know, and, and the way to look at it is like a teeter-totter, right? If you have a teeter-totter and you have two people on it and they're just sitting there, how fun is that? Well, it's not really all that fun. You know, you're too far <laughs> away from each other to really talk without yelling and, and you're, you're, you're on a teeter-totter that's not moving. What is a teeter-totter supposed to do? It's supposed to go up and down. Mm-hmm. So what does that look like? It t- here's what it looks like. It, I'm on one end, you're on the other. I'm going to take a bag of gold. And I'm going to throw it to you, right? You're going to catch the bag of gold. What are you going to do if you now have a bag of gold? You're going to go down, and I'm going to go where? Up. I'm going to go up. But here's the thing. Because I just gave you value and so on and so forth, you're like, oh, this is great. Well, how can we keep the, the game going? You throw the bag of gold back to me. I catch it. I go down. You go up. I throw the bag of gold to you, and we go like this, and we're rocking and rolling on the on the teeter-totter, right? And I'm always throwing the bag of gold. I'm always throwing value. Everywhere I go, I give massive value first. And, and what happens when you're always giving value is the universe starts to conspire for your success. The reciprocity kicks in, right? So you're out there. You're always giving value. People are always wanting to give value back to you. And so it's one of those where, you know, that's what I feel like the the whole relationship, it's a value exchange. So it's just like, if, if you're always giving value, you're always going to be in relationship. And, you know, what I did really well when it came to my real estate business, and I believe that we do really well with Jen Jen, is that the way to reciprocate to us when it was real estate was real estate referrals. 
So if, if I've given you value and you've enjoyed something we've done or I've done or I've helped you in some way or my family's helped you in some way or something, then mm-hmm. the way to reciprocate is through referrals. Just, you know what, don't worry about anything. But when you've got somebody that's looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, just send them our way. It's all good, right? And then from the Referco and Gen Gen, it's, 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 it's people who are looking for training, right? People who want to get more referrals through their training. And so that's, that's how the world and the universe reciprocates, right? So I think yeah. that's the big thing is that, that we remember that it's a value exchange and we need to go first. Mm-hmm. Isn't it interesting that I had to throw the gold first? So give massive value first. So I give value first. Well, look what's interesting about that. You actually went down by me giving you value, but I went up by giving you value. Right. That's so true. And and if you also look at it from the sense of like, you know, frequency, we talk all the time about vibrating at a certain frequency. Well, mm-hmm. you look at a teeter totter, mm-hmm. if we're both just sitting there, it's flatlining. Well, yeah. how much energy is in a flatline? Well, there's none. That's another word for dead. But if I throw you the bag of gold and, and you catch it and you go down and I go up, now look what happens if we're exchanging value. Now you've got a sine wave, right? You've got a frequency. You've got a, a, a bandwidth. You have, you know, a wavelength. You've got vibrancy and a dynamic relationship mm-hmm. versus a static relationship. And, and when you've got that dynamic mm-hmm. relationship, opportunities are going to come. Referrals are going to happen. And the relationship is going to flourish. Um, and that's, that's why I love – I'm on such a kick right now for our mm-hmm. yearly appreciation plan and event mastery because we're coming out of COVID and people are not just like, hey, I think I might go to – they're craving live events. They're craving human interaction. They're craving the nurture, right? And so with event mastery and everything we're doing, the one-to-many and that kind of thing, is the yearly appreciation plan keeps you in energy levels with your database, past clients, sphere, uh, business owners, networking partners, internet leads. It keeps you giving value. Right. People always wonder, how do I give value after the transaction ends? Right. And in my opinion, it's it's through, you know, one on ones, phone calls and and events. And it's like, all right. So what's that look like? Right. So that's that's why I'm so passionate right now about the yearly ambassador program and the yearly appreciation plan, because it's it's given people this 52 week plan Mm -hmm. to add value and you know, add value, add value, add value that isn't tr- transaction-based. It has nothing to do with real estate or lending. I, Ahmed Ahmed out of, uh, you know, the Northeast, he he just had an event. He's a personal trainer who owns a gym. And he just got wow. a dozen referrals and he handed out 40-some referrals at an event, you know, that was run with our event mastery class. So it's one of those where like, you know, that had nothing to do with personal training, had nothing to do with, with you know, weightlifting or whatever it may be. But, you know, who doesn't he touch? He's in health. His aspect is health. And if you're yeah. in real estate, it's wealth, right? So it, it you're going to touch them, even if it's a movie event or a pie day or, a, you know, whatever it may be. And I love you a latte. Dude, can you think, and I know you know this, so I'm just telling the audience, but can you think of, applying this to your 
personal life, spouse, children, siblings, parents, right? Like that, that's, that's the beauty of this. That's where it should start, right? I mean, yeah. truly. So, you know, it's, it's one of those where, but, but it goes back to taking care of yourself. I, you know, that's, that's the thing that, I mean, you, you know, we have mutual friend, Nick Baldwin, right? I don't know if he'd call me a friend. He'd certainly call you a friend, but it's one of those where <laughs> is like, he's really re-engaged with his health. And I've loved watching the transformation and what he's doing on, 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 you know, with his body and, and working out and stuff like that. Well, it's, it's driven energy and it's driven, you know, some opportunities for himself. And, you know, it, it's one of those where, you know, he, and, and, you know, he fights some demons just like we all do. And mm -hmm. he's conquered quite a few of those demons because he's, he's focused on himself, you know? And I, I think that's a, that's a, there's, there's a lot of lessons to be learned about, you know, the rituals and the whole one to none self mastery growth plan, taking care of ourselves first and then helping others, taking care of others. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a good ending to this, but I have a question for you. Are you still sure. playing Fortnite? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm at 155 wins, buddy. I have 155 victory royales in Fortnite. I tell you what, what do I do? If I do it, I do it 110%. That's, that's what I was thinking of Fortnite. The very first thing you said when you're like, I was playing fantasy football. It funded a car for me. I was thinking Fortnite, but I wanted to leave it to the end. So what's up? Tell me, what, what are you doing? So uh, they came out with a new season uh, last uh, November. And mm -hmm. so this is something that I play with my son. Right. And and he he just said this the other day. It's like, Dad, I'm so glad that you you took up Fortnite because it gives us something to talk about outside of, you know, school and sports and all that. And and it was like so cool to hear him say that because it was like, that's why I did Fortnite in the first place. But if I'm gonna do it, I damn well better be good. So, you know, what I do have a system, right? I'm a systems guy. So I have a I <laughs> land the same place every time. I get the same guns. I've mastered two guns. And then if I get this third gun, I'm probably going to win, right? It's, it, it, listen, it's a grenade launcher. You're, 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 you don't have to be accurate at all. With the, you, you shoot it close to them and it explodes and, and you know, it's minus 74 on their health. So it's, it, but it's, it's like, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's hard to beat me when, like, when I have a system. But the thing about Fortnite is that they change everything like every so often. So I've got to re reformulate the system, but I eventually find so a system that gets me top tens all the time. And, you know, I don't know how many top tens I have, but I do know 155, 155 uh, victory <laughs> royale. So, uh, which that's not even, I, I do know this guy that's like 80 years old that has 640 victory royals, which Dude. is just insane. Yeah. He's wow. He's Something, something, the grandpa. He's, it might not be 80, it might be 60 something, but. Now I have I, to Google that later. I just don't have time to play it that much. I, I play it like, like after my morning ritual in the morning or late at night. And, you know, it, it, I just don't have time to play it as much as I'd like to, I guess. But 
That's an interesting question, Tristan. Did not know. Isn't it great that all these questions you sent me? I'm just kidding. You didn't send me any. <laughs> oh, I mean, isn't it great when you can just have a conversation? There's you didn't send me any questions. I didn't send you any questions. We're just like talking and and hopefully helping people. So yeah, man. Well, I, I, you gave us a lot of insight as to what you've learned and how how we should focus on on ourselves. I think it was it was great. The conversation went into good places that people can learn so much. So thank you for doing that, Michael. And for those of you who don't know Michael, now you know him. Visit him at joingengen.com. He's on social everywhere, so easy to find him. He's got his own podcast, and obviously he's got a book. He does coaching. Uh, Michael, what's the easiest way to get a hold of you if somebody has a question? Oh, joingengen.com is our Facebook group. It's a private group. Just say you heard about it here and uh, answer the couple of questions. We'll let you in. But joingengen.com is is the fastest, easiest you know place to go. Uh, this is a newer group that we just formed, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we we welcome. It's a referral community, so be ready to introduce yourself and what kind of referrals you want, and you know, be ready to receive referrals. That's, uh, you know, there are a couple more in there this morning that I did see. Um, and things are, are starting to pop pretty well because the spring is here. It's sprung and, and things are happening. So we, we nice. I mean, referco.com is always a good baseline for people. Referco, R-E-F-E-R-C-O.com. We do referrals. Uh, we're the foremost authority on business referrals in the world, in my opinion. And it's one of those where everybody has relationships. They have mm-hmm. clientele. It's just how are you going to get repeat and referral clients and, and uh, you know, not ever have to ask for them verbally. You know, just never make people feel awkward. My whole system is to help you make people feel awesome, not awkward. And uh, drop a nuclear bomb awesomeness on your on your database. And that's, that's what we're doing right now. So have fun with it. it. Thank you. Those are all the brilliant thoughts that we have for you today. If you like what you're hearing, drop us a review or just tell your friends. This has been a success podcast. Head to success.com slash podcast to hear more just like it.